This episode of the Dakota Podcasting Experience is brought to you by our friends at the Sioux Empire Podcast down in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Check them out on YouTube as well as the SiouxEmpire.com. They're also on Facebook. And also check out their uh, new podcast coming out in September called the Edge Case Podcast. I'm really looking forward to it. So enjoy this short clip and then we'll get to the show. At the fringes of perception, beyond the boundaries of your mind, just past the glow of the firelight, out of the corner of your eyes, you will find an edge case. Edge Case Podcast, coming September 10th. Learn more at edgecasepod.com. Sometimes, sometimes the radio, I never listen to the radio, um, but it's funny. I, I, do, I do like listening to it because I, you never know what's going to come on there. You know? So the song that played on the way over here was Can't Touch This by MC Hammer. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I just wouldn't even expect that on like a South Dakota radio station, and that's what comes on. So we're going to play MC Hammer tonight. Dude, we were, um, we were like driving around earlier today, and... God, it was it was like eight o'clock in the morning. Like Love Shack was on, oh. and like some like Gwen Stefani that ooh hoo, woo hoo. Oh yeah, that's that, annoying. And we're just it's like it's eight o'clock in the morning, man. Play me some like James Taylor. Yeah, you know something yeah. to soothe me into the day. Yeah, just hit me with Love Shack at eight o'clock in the right. morning, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I met some people that are just toasted by eleven a.m. You know, they're drinking yeah. right away, and so. Club Shag is probably inappropriate, too. <laughs> or can't touch this, or whatever they play. Yeah, I have a hard time just not liking all of that stuff, even though it's terrible. Like, I know it's terrible, but it's funny. Like, can't touch this. Like, who would have thought that would have came on tonight? So, pop music, man. Pop music. So we're rolling. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Probably, I, I thought we were for like an hour. I, didn't, yeah. didn't know. I was just talking. I'm just yeah. insecurely like mumbling. I like to fade in on a conversation. I don't like to just hit hit them with you know something hard right, right off the bat. You know, ease right. them in. But yeah, this is Dakota Podcasting Experience. I'm Tony Tubes, and I'm here with my guest, my buddy Tim Reinbold, and he brought beer. I did. He brought some beer, and some of the night might not be that good either. India Pale Ale. Let's see what we got. We'll do an on-camera review of how bad it tastes. I don't know. The worst beer I ever had was my buddy Thaddeus. Oh, Jockey? Nope. No, no. This is a guy from Missouri named Thaddeus oh, okay. that I used to hang out with. And he's the smartest man that I ever knew, but he's also the stupidest man that I ever knew because he was smart in the ways of he owned like this shitty old Cutlass Supreme or something that he drove around and dealing weed. Right. And he never got pulled over. Like, the taillights didn't work. The thing sounded like the fucking Uncle Buck car. Right. Like, it was terrible. And I'm like, how do you not get pulled over in this thing? And, like, right. he, it would die. And I like, feel like he would have here. And the cops, yeah. would, the cops would, like, help him push it into a parking lot and shit, you know? Just because I ignore everything you got going on here. But then yeah. he points to the back bumper, and the back bumper had a, had a sticker that said, uh... Uh, my boss is a Jewish carpenter. 
and they they just left him alone. Thought <laughs> yeah, he was, was the, thought he was, was a Jesus like, freak. That was like the key element. Like he he must be Jewish, so we're gonna just leave him be. Yep. You know? Now he he's he just likes he just likes the Jesus, so we're just gonna leave the Jesus guy alone. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's it is odd because I think he would get in trouble for that here. Like I don't drive a very nice car. You know, we we kind of like uh, liquidated a lot of our nice stuff to live a more like minimalistic, like less bill pay type life. And right. The car that I drive, I mean, like, like you wouldn't want to get road rage on me. Like, I'm not, I don't care if you run into me. <laughs> like, my car's worth nothing. It's, right. It's, it gets me by, so. <laughs> yeah, my little truck out there. Um, weren't you the one that, like, kept on wanting to buy that thing off of me and shit? I thought about it one time, yeah. Yeah. And I ended up inheriting a, um, a truck, so it's not, nice. it's not a great one. But. Well, that thing just, it's been nickel and diming me to death lately. But, yeah, because, like, I had it in the shop for, like, a year because I couldn't pay the astronomical amount of money that I needed to pay to get it done. And so finally I did, and then I get it back, and about a week later something else goes wrong on it. Just like, just a chain of events. Yeah, yeah man. It, 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 it survived through it for me for a long time, and now it's just finally going, nope, replace that now. Replace that arm. This isn't too bad. Oh, okay. But yeah, the worst beer I ever tasted that my buddy Thaddeus uh, told me about or gave it to me, and it was called, it was like Samuel Adams, but it was Bully Porter. Well, this is Bully Porter, but it's... Uh, is it? Yeah, it's Boulevard, though. Oh, this Boulevard. Is, yeah, okay, yeah. that might have been it. Yeah. But yeah, that... It's, oh. Yeah, this whole selection I'm not real fond of. We just kind of picked it up. But so, yeah. I was like 16. Oh, yeah. So, you know, my taste buds might not have, you know, because this isn't too bad. This right. This India Pale Ale isn't too bad. Looks like I like if feels like I should have shaken it up or something. There's a bunch of stuff on the bottom. Uh, maybe some like orange juice pulp extract or something. We'll see what the end taste is. It might be kind of good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Drink up for sure. So yeah. So me and Tim, we used to play in not a band. <laughs> we just jammed together. It was just a hobby thing. Oh, it was so it was so fun though. But you're my like my only Floyd guy. Yeah. Around here, and I big and, drink like that. and the saucer full of secrets, the oh, Facebook yeah. thing that you uh, that you sent. I think you sent it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there was a thread going on about just like what music would be cool to play, and then you brought up some of that older stuff, and I'm like, oh, did you check out, you know, the drummers doing that thing where you wanted to take have a different take from doing the Roger Waters thing where they're still doing stadiums and Gilmore still doing stadiums and. Nick Mason was like, ah, oh, we're just going to do little clubs. Yeah. And with all the old, old stuff. And so, yeah. See, and on the on the last episode with Scared of the Dark, I kind of dogged the old stuff a little bit. Um, just because I, I wasn't a huge fan of Sid Barrett. Like, I, I just, it was that early 60s, and you could tell that somebody behind it was like, you have to have a couple of pop hits on this thing. And, right, right. And I don't know, man. It was just... Sometimes it can it can get a little weird, even for me. And yeah. that, that album's pretty fucking weird, man. It is super weird. I like to listen to that old stuff if I really if I if I'm if I don't have to pay attention to it that much because a lot of that stuff like the wall, dark side of the moon, and that stuff like I I can't help but pay attention to everything. Some of that old stuff you can't pay attention to because it's so weird. And right. It's like what? And you could tell that they were you know just toasted playing you know like crazy psychedelic nonsense almost. So. Yeah, yeah that. See, that's what I've always wanted to do. Like, I wanted to get, I want to get a bunch of guys together, and somehow or another, I would like to get into some real fun stuff, and then sit down and jam with people and just 
do that that old Grateful Dead, Pink Floyd, Janis Joplin, Jefferson Airplane, Acid Show kind of thing. You know, mm. I love listening to that old, just that old weird shit. And like, um, did you you know about Pink Floyd and the the moon landing? I don't think so. Maybe maybe I do. During the moon landing, hold on. I have to think about this one. During the moon landing, the BBC contacted them and had them come in to the studio and freestyle jam over the moon landing. Oh, okay. Live on television and shit. So did, did they do echoes? Were some of those song or some of those sounds come from the echoes song? Maybe. I have. I I don't think so because echoes came out. A little bit of a little bit of a piece after that, but I mean, I that bet you some weird spacey like beeping going on. Yeah, song, so. they had they had a really good they had a really good way of uh, putting some weird shit in there, and you know, like David Bowie used to say, sometimes the crackles and the farts that you get out of the machines are the funnest things to mess around with. Right, right. But um, no, I think it, it was called like space something, but yeah, and, and there's an interview with with uh, there's a really good documentary on YouTube called Which One's Pink. And uh, and it chronicles pretty much the whole thing. It's about an hour long. Oof, yeah, beer burps. <laughs> but um, Gilmore talks about it, and then he goes, "Can you imagine that? You know, like n- nobody's jamming to something like that live in a studio. Like God, those were the good old days. Yeah, yeah and, for sure. Oh, the '60s would have been '60s and '70s would have been so cool to just hang out in and and." Look at those music scenes that they had going on back then. Mm. Ever, ever since I was a kid, I've always felt like I was born 30, 40 years too late or something. Because, yeah, that's kind of my era. The Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, you know, Rush, that's one that you probably don't hear very often. But Rush is one of my all-time favorites. Oh, yeah, too, Rush so. is amazing. Yeah. Have you seen Fanboys? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And he's like, you know, first rule of my van, it's Rush. All Rush, all the time. <laughs> Just a dedicated fan. Yeah. That's how Rush fans are, too. They're <coughs> very intense. We would, I went to go see them at a show in, in, um, in, in Minneapolis, I don't know, probably 10 years ago, and it was amazing. And, like, everybody... And if you're a Rush fan, it's not like you just, like... You don't just like one song. Like, oh, I like that one song. No, they're like Rush fans have like all nineteen albums and you know like right. every T-shirt from every summer tour and <laughs> everything. So, going back to what you were saying, like I picture myself. I like to look back at every decade and be like, how would I have been in that decade? Right. You know, and I honestly think that a place where I would have thrived was the thirties. I think that I would have been a really good gangster at one point in time, like a bank robber. Yeah. I really think I would have been a really good bank robber back in the day. Yeah. Before all these fandangled machines they got out there to catch everybody. Right, right. <laughs> you pretty much could just act on wit rather than like Yeah, now you can't I don't think you can get away with anything anymore. All you had to have back then was a good plan. Yeah. You didn't right. have to have a guy that knew how to crack the security you know, the security right. clearances and wipe out the cameras. No, it was hayseed banks and you go in there with with, you know, scatter guns and shit. Yeah. <laughs> what are those hats called? The um, the bowler hats or the um the fedora fedoras? Is that the hat they call those? Like the Well fedora is like something that Indiana Jones would wear and even like the yeah, rib can yeah. get smaller too. Yeah. You're like a cool gangster hat. Oh yeah, man. Those cool like old cars they had. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every time the car shows out here I love going out there and seeing those old thirties and forties cars, those old Fords and shit, Buicks. Sometimes I get like engulfed into like you know the, the Chicago Northwestern Depot will like post pictures in Redfield from the 30s and 40s and then like I'll 
click on something and then it will just be hours of me just looking through these old pictures and like like it's just creepy kind of seeing the same buildings that are there now you know way back then and it had all those cars from back in the day you could tell like the doors open from the other side and they were like I can just imagine like Tommy Guns and stuff like people <laughs> people going crazy back in the South Dakota Prairie my grandpa like my dad was just telling me about a bunch of shit that my grandpa got into that I never knew about and all of a sudden my dad just lays all this shit out on me like him, he was like one of like like seventy four kids or something, you know. He, yeah, he was like yeah. one of the youngest ones, so he had to fight for everything. Right. So every time he would like eat a meal, even in his old age, like there'd be like eat it like every every one and like it was his last fucking meal. Right. It'd be like roast beef hanging off his lip and shit. Yeah. But um, I guess when he was a kid, like him and a couple of his brothers, they wanted to go to a movie. They didn't have any money, so what they do? They go and knocked out the guy that was standing at the door of the movie and went in and watched the movie. Like, they were punks, man. Yeah, yeah. And then my dad told me another one where they actually, um, they actually figured out this, this bootleggers route in town. And so they went and they jacked a bunch of bootleg moonshine from this guy. And then he found out who did it. They, he came and like threatened them with a gun or something. And they ended up talking their way out of it and blaming it on a different gang of kids. God knows what the fuck happened to those guys. Yeah, these kids, yeah, that's crazy. And, like, back then it was, like, could you imagine, like, if somebody, like, had, like, came to threaten your kids or anybody else's kids with guns now? It's, like, a huge, huge deal. And that just happened, like, every day. Like, yeah, those kids robbed that bootlegger. I mean, like, what? Like, that happened. I mean, it's almost an unreal thing now. Oh, so. just when we were kids, man, which was 25 years ago. Just just that long ago, you could still get a beaten in the street. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. nowadays you can't beat a kid in the street. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you'd be like, yeah. Not that I want to beat my kids. Not that either of us want to beat our fucking kids. Or but. yeah, you want to get beat up by somebody, or even even just fighting in general. It seems like it was a bigger thing back then. I, I remember, you know, I, I and it's sad to remember to think back on, especially where I stand now with like my own career. It's like. Uh, I don't know kids are, are mean you know kids just overall i mean like now then whatever i think there's just a, i think people are more aware of it and are able to hopefully you know like prevent bad things from happening but i remember some like awful kids like back when i was in you know that were my age that were you know not not good to other kids and or adults even so uh, most of them have changed so that's good but yeah there's there's one guy that like still to this day is like my nemesis Right. And and I've seen him like maybe twice since I moved away back back in like junior high. I've seen him like twice since then and each time I like involuntarily do stuff like you know like just going hissy. Yeah, man. Like yeah. it's it's not it's not something that I can control at all. I feel like it would be embarrassing. I mean, I'm I'm trying to I always sometimes I get like these weird like so I'm just super paranoid all the time. Like I'm constantly like in a state <laughs> of heightened anxiety, paranoia. <laughs> you know self-guilt like you know what i wonder like how that person is doing or did they end up okay or you know like because like that person was really mean to them back in the day and that shouldn't have been that that way and so yeah i always wonder like if when you run into a situation like that like oh, they were terrible back when they were kids i hope that they're a better person now and i, I would feel i'd think that they would be like well that's embarrassing like i was terrible to that to tim or whatever when he was a kid so there was a kid i went to school with um and he was an asshole, just an outright asshole. And I always just really did not like him very well. But then now that I've grown up, I remember things. 
And yeah. some things you remember now that you're an adult don't really don't really add up. <laughs> right. And so we had a music teacher and this music teacher paid a lot of attention to this kid. You know? And and I remember this kid telling me, Oh, oh, I'm gonna go I get to go over to the teacher's house and rake his yard for him later and all this stuff. And then yeah. here I am watching movies like Mysterious Skin and like weird shit about what things can happen to kids in you know, in school and everything and it's just kinda like oof yeah. dark shit, man. Like who knows what the fuck happened and Right. And I, from what I hear he's still kind of a prick. But now I'm like, you know, well shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember teachers doing things that now would like make would go viral on social media. You know, like I remember some teachers that would pick up like desks and just huck them across the room, and you know they weren't like I, now in retrospect I look back and it's like well they weren't really that bad of a teacher, but it's like <laughs> I think nowadays they just kind of you know it's not just you just don't throw desks across the room, you pick up desks <laughs> and slam them down when kids are in them or. You, you just know, don't do them. that. Either. Yeah, yeah. It's just like those were like the adventure times back, the best of times back then. But yeah, yeah. And it's like, um, yeah. Well, I did see some stuff. But yeah, there's some teachers that were pretty hardcore, and I think of that happening now, and it'd be an instant like boot from. Oh, know. it'd be an instant like yeah, yeah. They their their career would be over. Yeah, yeah. I was... sympathize with teachers though. It's like man, like I I um. I'm I'm glad that I, I wish they got paid more because it's like you're watching these kids that would just drive me crazy all day and like they need that outside so we're uh, I'm always really thankful for my kiddos teachers so I'm thankful for my kids teachers and I've I've never really had a problem with Redfield School they've been pretty good to us um, and uh, but I'm just happy that my kids are those kids where it's like you go to their conferences and the teachers are like. Oh, they're such they're such well-behaved kids. It's like, when the fuck does this happen? Right, right. Only when I drop them off somewhere. The time when you're not involved. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so how does that make you feel as a parent? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're uh, we're very fortunate, and um, and uh, I think even if there are, so yeah, me being in the disabilities field, so I'm dealing with that a lot, and uh, Redfield is like cutting edge. I'm I'm, I'm telling you, like if you. If you have a child with a disability in the Redfield School District, you have a huge advantage because um, on the outside and the rest of South Dakota, I work all over the state, and um, it's not so good. There are some not very good schools that are not, um, they're doing some pretty shady stuff, and um, Redfield has always been really, really good. And you know, with us, our oldest son having autism, they do amazing work with him. We've had the same para um jordan hansen i'll call you out she's been with ian since he was a little little feller at four years old now he's a teenager so um yeah he's uh it's we're very thankful and you know blessed depending on whatever or whatever way you want to look at it but um we have a really fortunate circumstance you know just with that school so. do you have to blow the whistle on people at all around the state yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah i have to report people to the feds and the governor's office and oh all that's nuts yeah, yeah that's crazy That'd be that'd be, very interesting job. <laughs> all from my all from my pajamas in my living room too. That's the crazy thing about it. I don't, you know, I, I it's all from homework. So I've got a computer and uh, I do all teleconferences and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I'm pretty much the first point of contact for anybody that's looking for services in the entire state that for disabilities. Um, you know, like, you know, when they leave here from Redfield, they usually go to another community that has 
staff that work with folks in the community-based settings, and so that's what I do is facilitate and um, get all that stuff set up, and then slash crisis situations where there's somebody that's, you know, maybe that agency isn't being good to people, maybe it's a parent, um, it's a, you never know, so I've seen everything, so. It's got to be tough. Yeah. You said crisis situation, <laughs> of course my brain goes to the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Twins. You forgot the first rule in the crisis situation. <laughs> Sorry. Get the ferret and get out. Yeah, all the all the Arnold <coughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah. I try to I try to keep a good sense of humor through all of it because even though you know, I am very lucky, blessed to have a job that I do where I can I have infinite flexibility and in schedule. You know, aside from some trips and stuff um, that I have to take, but um, I'm really lucky, and I, I try to take that you know and really use that to help other people and stuff, and so. Um, I actually forgot where I was going with that. That's terrible. Dementia. <laughs> <laughs> Dementia. Yeah. yeah, let's take a beer break. Shit, yeah. I'm almost done. I got a swallow left. Oh, so it's not bad, huh? Like you're more than welcome to indulge in this. I'll keep on rocking the bully porters because you know, they, that could have been your worst nightmare. I might want to try one though, just to say, just know. to say, hey, you know, I gave it a sh another shot. You're familiar with minimalism, right? Like you don't have a lot of stuff. Minimalist, like aside from uh, drum stuff. Like I pretty much like to not have. Um, things like you've got them like I, I appreciate and um, I love this collection stuff but it wouldn't be for me like I wouldn't want to have so much stuff around it's like I'm and it's I do like vinyls though you know I like to have like a few vinyls and I have like Dark Side of the Moon the wall you know a couple of Rush albums like original pressings or uh, the, my Led Zeppelin one and my Rush one are original like 1976 okay. pressings so Fleetwood Mac I have a Fleetwood Mac one that's from way back then I have a I have an I have like a an original Chuck Berry one that's actually signed by him, his wife, and his son. What? Yeah, like my um my buddy went to the show, uh, in Columbia, Missouri, and um, I bought or no he he bought a couple of vinyls before he went down at like Streetside Records or something, and then he went, and then all of a sudden he comes back and he's like, "Hey man, I got you a signature," and his his wife and his son were there with him too, so they signed it too, and I'm just like, "Holy shit." That's so random. Yeah, really, right? But then my pride and joy is I have a Europe 72 Grateful Dead original uh, pressing, and I got it in Idaho at some little at some little shop, and I asked the guy, I was like, hey, man, you got any Grateful Dead? And he was like, oh, yeah, I got the... Wait a minute. What's your favorite Grateful Dead song? I'm like, fuck, man. Uh, Jack Straw, maybe. Comes the time... Well, I know you ride her in there. Somebody's like, okay. So he pulls it out, and I was like, why? Why'd you ask me that? And he was like, because if you would have said trucking, sugar magnolia, touch of gray, or something else, Uncle John's band or something like that, he's like, I wouldn't have sold it to you. No, <laughs> like, like he was making sure you were like a valid. Yeah, that I was an actual yeah. Grateful Dead fan. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of have the same type of like cult personality, like with the. Uh... Just a little happy for you. Oh, just... <laughs> Still taste, after all these years. I taste 2003 right there, man. Did like, you? Yeah, yeah, that took you right back, huh? It took me right back to that fucking couch. Huh. Whew. The reason why Thaddeus was also the stupidest man that I ever knew is because he's actually in prison now for robbing two banks in one day without a mask. 
So even though he got away with, you know, the Jesus sticker on the back of his car, he didn't get away with that. He just threw all the chips in and went in. Oh, yeah, man. Him everything. <laughs> yeah. So there was, it was evident that he didn't have a plan going into this thing. Like yeah, I think he fun. honestly did, like, the first one. And he was like, holy crap, I got away with it. Then he just kind of owned it. And then he right. just kind of went, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to yeah. be that guy today. <laughs> I don't think I have any um, old associates in prison. Maybe. Maybe. It's hard to say. But that's always sad to hear too, though. Yeah, a couple. A, a couple. Do you? Do you? Oh, yeah. 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 I know that there has been, you know, jail time here and there and stuff, but you know, that that stuff can happen for like the smallest, silliest offense anyway. But one of my know. buddies actually, uh, uh, name is Charles Erickson, and when I was in high school, it would have been two thousand. It would have been October thirty first, Halloween two thousand one, I believe it was. Uh, when I was in Columbia, Missouri, there was a uh, guy named Kent Heitholt that was uh, murdered in the Columbia, Missourian parking lot, the, the newspaper parking lot. And no one knew who did it. And all of a sudden, like, about, I think 2003, 2004, or something like that, my dad calls me up. I'm living in Aberdeen at the time. My dad calls me up, and he's like, Tony, what was your buddy Chuck's name? And I was like, Charles Erickson. He was like, okay. And I was like, why? And he goes, well, he just confessed to killing that reporter back in 2001 with another classmate of yours. Did you go to school with Ryan Ferguson? I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, they both, they're both going so down for that dude's murder. Then they're, they're... It's very complicated. Like, <laughs> yeah, always. Yeah. Chuck had a dream that this happened. Okay. And he was on a lot of drugs and booze at the time. Like, during that period in his life. He, sure. was, he was always kind of fucked up. And um, he kind of took the dream to be... He he wanted to go down and talk to the cops about this. Wow. So he did, and he confessed, and he said that this other dude that we went to school with did it with him. And they both went down for it. Buck and Ferguson got life, and my buddy got... I don't remember how... A long time. But um, then, a few years ago, my buddy Chuck reneges on it. And he says, and, and now there's this whole thing about how he was coerced into confessing to this thing that he didn't do. And um, it's a mess. That is crazy. It's a mess. And, but Ferguson ended up getting out because, uh, because Chuck recanted his statement. Right. But Chuck is still fighting to try to get out himself, and there, there's a whole laundry list of shit that the cops did wrong, and that the that the attorneys did wrong and everything, and there's a bunch of things that witnesses came back from the original trial and said, no, this didn't happen. It's just a fucking mess. Where was this at again? Columbia, Missouri. Okay, okay. But yeah, so... Crazy. Yeah. How far is that from Kansas City, then? It's about 90 miles, I'd okay. say. Yeah, I was there last year. Yeah, we got to go tour, like, the... The tunnels, like they used to have, like where the speakeasies were and stuff. Like, we ate in a restaurant that was like in where, like, it used to be one of like Al Capone's hangout places, and it was like four story building. And then, like, they had they made like a you know, the fourth floor was like your high end, like ballers, you know, that made all the you know, making G's every year, and then like making hundreds of dollars back in <laughs> right. those days. So then you know we, as nonprofit you know staff, were way you know we went to the restaurant in the basement, but it was still pretty cool. They had like little jazz band and stuff, and that was like 
had pictures of Al Capone on it. But yeah, Kansas City, you know, so I was wondering how, how far away that was. That's fucked. Yeah. That'd, that'd be cool to go and see. Yeah, it was neat. Yeah, like the, the, the bartender and stuff was like an old-fashioned bartender, you know, had like the the vest and, you know, what, oh, will, what will it be today, sir? Nice. You know, like very, very proper and... and you're just kind of like, uh, let me don't sound like a moron here. Yeah, uh, yeah, like just, I'll take that. Give me something right brown. Here. Yeah, whatever that is, yeah, yeah. So, no, that was a cool trip, but yeah, so Missouri. Yeah, I don't think I have quite um, any crazy stories like that, like for classmates that were... Well, and like, I wasn't a... I, I never really met Ryan Ferguson. I, <laughs> um, our junior party, it was this... Out in the, out in the middle of fucking nowhere, and there was, we had like 400 people in our class or something like that. It was huge, uh, but I, it was down this gravel road, and I remember like I got was trashed out of my mind, and I was walking down this gravel road, and it was like Shakedown Street at a festival, where it was everybody just getting fucked up everywhere, and I stopped and I smoked a little bit of a blunt with Ryan Ferguson. And that was the only communication I ever had right, with him. Right. It was just like, hey, yeah, and then I'm gone, you know. Yeah. But me and Chuck, man, we were we were good friends. Like we we hung out a lot and everything. And but what we're, I'd always kind of see when he confessed, I was like, I can see it because he was a rich kid that never drove a nice car. He never really took advantage of the fact that he was rich. Hung out with people like me. I wasn't rich, you know. And it was just kind of like. He kind of given up, you know, right. he was hiding something and shit like that. Right. And before he recanted all this stuff, I'm like, you know, have I looked the devil in the eye? Because, I yeah. mean, this guy was brutally murdered. Right. Like, bashed in the head with a fucking tire iron, like, multiple times and shit. So, if these friends tried to be in contact with you, like, since this event, I mean, there's probably no... Those bigger schools, I'm sure you don't really... You know, like, like, I know all my... I can almost name all my classmates by memory, I'm sure. Right. So I mean, did they try, have they tried to contact you or have been like, oh yeah, like... Like, am I in contact with some of yeah. my old friends? Yeah, I mean, like the ones that are, like, that were in this crime uh, scene. Ferguson, no. Uh, I, like I said, I only met him really one time. Right. Um, but I was happy when he got out. Right. You know, that, you know, if he didn't do it, I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to be in prison that didn't do it. Um, right. Chuck and I have had a correspondence. I've written him a couple letters over the years. Honestly, not enough. He's written me a few and... Actually, we were, uh, he's been, um, he's been doing this dog program. I mean, this, the guy's already gotten, like, a couple college degrees. Like, he's, he, uh, he's on the up and up in my eyes. Right, um, right. So he's, like, an ideal prisoner type thing. Like, he does all the... Yeah, uh, but he he's a part of this program where he trains dogs. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then they, you know, uh, I was going to say rent them out. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they adopt them out to people, and they're... Right pretty much pre-trained dogs and everything and he had this one oh i can't remember his name now but um he was really it was like the first one that he trained mm -hmm. and he was really worried that you know it's gonna he's gonna go back to the shelter and then he's gonna go to god knows who mm -hmm. and uh ashley and i actually had a, a plan to go down to missouri and adopt the dog for him and then hold on to the dog forever or until chuck got out of prison right because he's he's got some of the best attorneys in in the you know the the innocence project working for him right now. So sure. I honestly think he's gonna get out soon. But um, but yeah, we were gonna go and do that, and then uh, it was like a week or two before we were gonna go and do it. And I called to to uh, start the adoption process, and like, oh, he was already adopted. And I was like, oh, all right. But the adoption process was grueling. Like they had to have 
no all kidding. sorts of information for you know when we went and picked up doc from watertown it was like 60 bucks right and that was it you know sign a form and then you're gone Right. But here they like they check your credit, they check all your fucking references and <laughs> Taking shit. Taking blood draws and stuff like Yeah, man, you need yeah. a semen sample to get the dog and shit. But I mean, I'm glad though right. that whoever had to go through that to get that dog is probably not gonna, you know, have the dog fighting other dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right, like Michael Vick style or something. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. My mom when she lived out in the hills here, she was really worried about that because she always had her dogs out in her fenced-in yard, but there was a lot of times where she would find drunk people in her yard because she kind of lived in the hood, in Rapid. She lived on Lemon Avenue up behind the fucking Civic Center there. And, uh, um, but she said that dogs go missing out there all the time. And a lot of it is they go out to the res and they go out. I mean, this is what she told me. She said that a lot of times you know, they find them out on the res and stuff like that in these dog fighting things. And little dogs like moms would be kind of warm-up dogs. Right, right. And it's just, it's oh, funny. anywhere that that's happening, it's just, you know. Right, right. Yeah, people are the worst when they're... It's like, like I, I just feel like you shouldn't... I mean, if you're that awful to an animal, you are probably on the track that you could be that awful to a human as well. It's like, don't... Yeah, I don't know. It's like, I feel like... You know, I don't know. If you're going to have an animal, you need to really... You know, like take care of it. It's like I mean, it's not a, yeah, just that's terrible. Yeah. I call my animals assholes all the time, but I don't right. think that's illegal. Right. <laughs> yeah, or stinky or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I know my cats are pain in the ass, pains in the asses, but it's like, yeah, you know, you just don't throw them out to the fight and stuff. I mean, I was reading some posts. I try to stay off Facebook as much as I can because it was negative vibes all the time. But you know, like how Michael Vick, like what he would like the whole dog fighting circuit is that's some awful shit so oh, yeah. so so bad and it's like and yeah he's probably getting sponsored and making billions a year but it's like well he's a terrible person like, <laughs> okay i guess you know like give him all kinds of money and yeah yeah oh man i had something and then it, and now it's gone now i think of it now oh yeah i was gonna um did you hear about that fucking dude at the mall of america yes it's terrible. It was like the first thing that I heard was some guy threw a kid off of the balcony. Or first of all, I, I just heard that a kid fell off the balcony. Mm -hmm. Then I heard that somebody threw the kid off the balcony. And I was like, oh my God, you know, people are the fucking worst. Right. But then I find out it wasn't even his kid. Yeah. He just went and grabbed some random fucking kid and tossed him over the fucking, like, yeah. it could have been my kid. Yeah. You know, oh, we, yeah. we go there like once a year if we can. Right. That is fucking sick. Yeah, and like, then people like me who already have, like, instilled fears that I don't want to go out in public are like, yep, that's why I don't go out in public, so I don't really want to go there. Like, I mean, granted, it was an isolated case probability of that happening very much, but it's, it's awful, and it's like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of... And then, of course, you know, the mainstream media is getting a lot of, like, you know, putting a lot of political stuff into it, and it's like, I think you're overlooking the fact that it was something awful happened to this kid. How are they politicizing it? Like, because this isn't this guy from, like, a different country or something? Oh, I didn't, I, I, uh, I don't know. So that's, that's exactly why I don't, like, watch, look at Facebook. It's like, see, they're just, like, using a terrible situation to, like, influence one side or the other. It's like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't even, can't even take it. But, um, I was going to ask you, like, I just got done watching the movie um, Sam Jackson, Bruce Willis. Glass. Yeah, I was just, we just got done watching that series of three movies. and I. Have you never seen the other two? I saw the first one, you know, way back when it came out, 
No, I don't know. Is that like already 15 years ago or something? It's been a long time. <laughs> it came out in like 2002 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I've seen that a couple times, and then, then Jamie had me watch the next two, and I was pretty impressed. I was like, that's that's decent. I, I like it. It's all right. So. The third one was, it wasn't as mentally twisted. Right. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, I don't know. I, I think Unbreakable was a perfect fucking movie. Like, I loved Unbreakable ever since I first saw it way back when. And then Split was amazing. Like, I I didn't, you know, oh, M. Night Shyamalan's new movie coming out and everything. And it's like, okay. You right. know, it's, it's not really a name that incites you to go and want to see it. Right. And then Jim Schramm. You know Jim Schramm? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jim Schramm one day, I'm at work, and he was like, Hey, Tony. He's... So did you see that? Have you seen that split movie yet? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh, did you see that? Oh, so you didn't see that? It's a it's a sequel to Unbreakable. I'm like, well, what the fuck, man? Don't <laughs> say that shit. Just tell me to go see the like. You need to see the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. It was already. I already knew that it was kind of like in that that trilogy or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was kind of surprised. And I kind of just gave up after the first movie. I didn't. You know, it's like sometimes I just yeah. It was it was good. It was good. I like. Glass was glass was a. a it was a decent end to it, but it was just, it wasn't as psychologically thrilling to me as the first two movies. Right. And that was back when, like, Bruce Willis would make one great movie, then make four shitty movies, and then make one great movie, mm -hmm. you know. And a lot of times they're ones that he wasn't really known for. Unbreakable, um, Twelve Monkeys. You know, people who are diehard Bruce Willis fans and shit like that, a lot of them don't even know some of those movies that he was in. Um, Last Man Standing was an amazing movie. Uh, but yeah, he made you know, Death Becomes Her. Remember Death? Did you ever see that shit? I don't think so. Oh, you gotta see Death Becomes Her with Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep and shit. It's hilarious. And Bruce Willis was in this movie? Yeah, Bruce oh, yeah. Willis plays a, uh, uh, a plastic surgeon. Okay. And... These two girls are fighting over him because they're getting a little older, and he's a plastic surgeon. And right. So they both are fighting over him, and they meet uh, Isabella Rossellini's character. I don't know what her character was, but then um, she gives them both, uh, like, youth. Like, she, they drink this potion, and they turn young again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, it's, and, like, really funny scenes where, like, their asses are, like, and their tits are, like, you know, and shit. And then uh, I'm just trying to imagine what Bruce Willis looks like. How old is this movie? Oh, the '90s. Okay, mid '90s probably. But so he, he still had hair then. That time. He did, yeah. but like he, they made him look a lot older than he was. Oh, okay. Because he was supposed to be kind of an older man too and right. shit like that. But right. and he was kind of yeah, on the way out kind mm -hmm. of guy. But yeah, it was yeah. Death becomes her man. That's a good. You and Jamie should really check that out. Yeah, we'll have to. Yeah. One of Bruce Willis's great movies. Amongst a lot of weird movies that, yeah. We're about to go on a Marvel, like, X-Men bender. Like, because we got, you know, I, just um, time-wise, time I mean, you know how it is, like, for you and, and Ashley to get together and just sit and watch movies. It probably gets tough with work and kids and stuff like that. But we're going to, like, start from, like, the chronologically, you know, the, the Wolverine, you know, whatever whatever the order of those are. Like, we did that with the with the Avengers movies and... You know, that's the MCU and stuff. Yeah, yeah so we're going to start doing that. Yeah, where would you start with X-Men, huh? Except to Google it. I'm sure somebody's got it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm just wondering if you should start with X-Men Origins Wolverine. Because that's 
Yeah, because it goes. He's kind of like in the Captain American, where he was like the Captain America, where he's like the first guy that you know had the power type thing. So yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. See, unfortunately, Ashley's not really into those kinds of movies. Oh, so a lot of times when we get together to watch something, it's either like a a weird psychological movie or a weird psychological documentary. Yeah, have you seen uh, My Idiot Brother with? Have you seen that one yet? With Paul Rudd? Yes. Yeah. God, I think I saw it when it came out, but I don't yeah. really remember it. Yeah, that that movie, that movie makes me feel good. It's just fun to watch because he's such an easygoing guy. You know, accidentally sells the, it's it's you know the cop is like trying to, like get him to sell him weed so he can arrest him, and he just like, sees the best in people, and he's like, oh, he's he's I'm just gonna try to help him out, you know, and then the cop arrests him. And he's like, <laughs> That's what a bastard. <laughs> like. That. Just a good movie, and he just kind of wants to like chill and you know do gardening and you know <laughs> just hang out with his dog Willie Nelson. Is the <laughs> his dog's name is Willie yeah, Nelson. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I loved his character in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall Kunu, mm-hmm. the fucking surfer guy. Oh, yeah. the weather outside is weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People have all those memes out there of Paul Rudd, and they're like. Look at Paul Rudd back in Clueless, and then look at him now, and he's like, he's 50, and it doesn't look like he's aged a fucking day. Does he look the same? Oh, God, yeah, man. He looks Same with Snoop Dogg. Yes. Snoop Dogg looks exactly the same yes, as when I was a kid listening to Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Yeah, some people just don't age. It's crazy. Steve Martin has looked that old my whole life. Right. right. Well, you know, that white hair and shit. He's yeah. been that old my whole life. It's... <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that people, that, like, like, some people you see, and you're like... They've changed dramatically over just a course of like three years or something. You know, like every once in a while I'll go out to the center or something for for something, and it's like I haven't seen people in five years, and they look completely different, and some of them look just the same. People look just the same, and so yeah, actors, it's weird. Like they, I'm hoping that I have maybe inherited some sort of like gene to where I always look fairly young, you know. So, but that'd be that'd be nice. But I think, you, I think you look fairly young. Yeah, yeah. But totally. then I see those pictures of you when you're young. Right. And you look really young. Right. In those like, pictures. Oh, he's 12 in that picture. Oh, yeah. no, I was actually 20. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I smoke too many cigarettes to look young. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I know you had texted me, like, about the. You know, I was just looking through some old pictures the other day and, like, a lot of the, the Spink Floyd stuff. Were you were you not living here when we played? Like, we had the little. <coughs> you know, I don't. I think that you might have been. And I think that I was actually down at Starters one night when you guys were there. Okay. And I walked in, and your guys' name was Spink Floyd. So you've assumed that we were Pink And Floyd I walked in, and you guys yeah. were playing not, some, not something. I don't even yeah. remember what it was, but you yeah. guys were playing something, and I'm like, wow, fuck these guys. And that was like a week after I moved here, when Ashley and I were still kind of like, Hey, yeah. let's let's go out and and do, we don't do that anymore. Right? Yeah, you're probably like hoping for some sweet like Pink Floyd. Yeah, stuff, like yeah. Pink Floyd. Uh, but then I was kind of like, you know, uh, that's that's catchy but stupid. Like, yeah. You know. But then, you know, then I find out. Oh, I mean, it was you guys, and right. it was you, Derek Curie, and uh, Darren and Tracy. Yeah, Darren and Tracy. They're locals. They're in the area. I know Tracy, and I worked with Darren a little bit, so yeah. I, I know him all and everything. But yeah, yeah I I completely kind of spaced out that that was a thing, yeah. and then I yeah. saw it on like I don't know it was yours or Derek's Facebook page. I was creeping yeah. on one of you guys, and and I noticed you know 
one of their oh no it was it was a page i found the page on facebook oh did you yeah i found the page on facebook and then all of a sudden it was just kind of like oh shit like <laughs> yeah i missed the boat Right. What did you guys play? Like, did you guys play any Floyd? No. <laughs> we always <laughs> talked about it. And I think, uh, I know that it was like, you know, we had thrown around some, like, ideas. Like, we should play a popular one. Should it be The Wall? Or should it be Wish You Were Here? Or which one should we play that's, like, money. popular? Money. Anything. You gotta play money, dude. Yeah, one of those songs that, that maybe would, would, uh, would, like, at least kind of relate to the name. But, you know, it was just kind of a... Um, yeah, we kind of threw that around. Like, we're... We're called Spank Floyd, but we're not a Pink Floyd cover band, so don't get that confused that maybe that was the case. And even people that wanted, you know, that were, like, skeptical because they're like, well, they're not going to come here and play a bunch of Pink Floyd, are they? And it's like, because you know, bars don't want people to just come in there and play just Pink Floyd. And they were like, no, no, we play every, we play all kinds of random stuff. So I would have been that guy that would be up front row and like, shine on you crazy diamond. You guys right. would like, that's awesome, touche, but... No, we don't know that one. Right, yeah, yeah, we don't know that eight-minute, nine-minute version from the live album, yeah. No. no, it was good times, though, it really was. You ever heard of Warren Haynes? Yep, oh, yeah. Um, I saw him with the dead at Bonnaroo, and they did Shine On You Crazy Diamond. Yeah, well, doesn't his band have, like, they have an entire album, like, dedicated to just Pink Floyd. Like, if I looked it up, they would. it would be, like... I'll look it up in a little bit, but yeah, he they did like an entire show that was like Dark Side of the Sun. Dark Side of the Mule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they yeah. Like, yeah, they do like full albums of these covers. I, so. I've heard, I don't think I've heard any of it, but I think that I saw him, I think I saw him playing like one song, you know, the the Vivo or whatever on YouTube that, I don't know, you know what I'm talking about, you know, it says it on the, you know, you have those like, uh, Sorry, I don't drink too much. Captions, captions. No, no, uh, it, it's like a it, pop-up video, like the yeah. HD channel that makes that like pu puts out all the music videos. is called like Vivo, like V E V O oh, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And you know that's usually what I click on because it's usually like ultra HD and really good and everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm so used to looking at Grateful Dead that's all pixelated and grainy and crappy from 1972, and you just wish that yeah. it was beautiful. So yeah, I click on the Vivos and stuff like that, and I think I watched them do one song i don't remember what it was but mm -hmm. they did um there's a it is nice when they you know i like i i like the roots of stuff like when it was like oh it was released in the 70s and stuff but there is there it is nice when i see something that's been remastered or redone and like so like that music video of you know pink floyd from the from 1976 doesn't have a bunch of white lines and like you know like weird yeah. feedback issues like I do appreciate the technology for that point of it oh so, yeah yeah no oh, you should check this out sometime is government mule the deepest end and it was kind of after uh, their uh, bass player died and uh, they have a bunch of different bass players come in Victor Wooten from oh yeah yeah Bela Fleck and Phil Lesh Rob Wasserman a lot of guys um, and then uh and and Bela Fleck himself actually, but um, all of a sudden at the end, well, and, and uh, Les Claypool's in there and shit. Um, but then all of a sudden at the end, Jason Newstead from Metallica comes in and they what? play a bunch of fucking Sabbath songs. Oh, that's random. That's yeah, so random. and fucking yeah. Warren Haynes singing Ozzy is yeah a dream. It's amazing. Uh, Warren Haynes actually did 
um, did a few songs with one of my all-time favorite bands of like the newer era, which is Coheed and Cambria. So they're kind of like the rush of our era or our generation. And uh, they did one of, and he came on, you know, sat in with one of their tunes called Welcome Home, and it's amazing. That's what kind of turned me on to Warren Haynes, and like I would start, you know, listening to their stuff with Government Mule, but. Yeah, the video for, for that with him in it, I mean, he takes that song to a whole nother, a whole nother level, for sure, just with his playing. So. I've seen him three times on accident. Oh. Like, I was at a show, and I, and I didn't know that he was going to come out and play. Uh-oh. Yeah, except, well, the, the Dead, I knew he was going to be playing with the Dead, but I saw him with the Dead, I saw him with, uh, uh, oh, shit. What was it? Well, I saw, I saw Government Mule on accident. Like, I didn't know who they were at that time, and then mm-hmm. kind of just wandered through aimlessly at a festival and heard some of their tunes, and that was pretty cool. I remember I remember him playing Time to Confess. That's such a good song. Uh, and then he was sitting in with somebody else at Bonnaroo, and I didn't know. Uh, I don't know right. who the fuck you are. <laughs> you know, but right. after that I knew who he was, because back in those days he was like the, the Grand Chancellor of Bonnaroo. Like, he was fucking everywhere. No at Bonnaroo, jamming with everybody, and it was yeah, two thousand and two to about two thousand and seven were prime Bonnaroo years, man. Is, is Bonnaroo still? Is that still occur then? Like I, I know I was watching the the podcast you did, the, the Scared with the Dark Guys, and I was wondering if Warped Tour were still around because I I was at one of those back in. 2004 or 5 or something like that so like a lot of those old bands Bonnaroo got bought by MTV oh did they and so okay. now you have Eminem headlining and no right. offense to Eminem I'm not going to go right. to a hippie festival I mean it's just it's not the way it used to be right. you know because when I went it was Bob Dylan Dave Matthews Trey Anastasio The yeah, Dead I remember some of Primus you know all these fucking uh, Ani DeFranco that was the first time I ever even heard of Ani DeFranco, and she blew my fucking mind. Mm-hmm. String Cheese Incident was there, Mo was there, Humphreys McGee was there, all sorts of really good shit. Wookie Foot, love Wookie Foot. There. So awesome. now it's just a whole different thing. Yeah, it's just a whole life. different crowd. It's oh, like Coachella. Oh, that's too bad. But down there, I mean, and I'm not dogging those right. those festivals, but it's just you know, it's not what I initially went out there for. But when I went to Bonnaroo, man, like that was kind of almost the end of my festival days and for good reason I had I had a bad trip one night out there and I realized really quick that there were so many people out there that were just there for the drugs right like they weren't even really there for the real reason that they were yeah man and yeah. it was just I saw a really granted I was under the influence but I saw a really dark side of the hippie community I remember I was walking around and I was in a bad state anyways but these two guys were well this guy was sitting there with a cardboard box like a tall cardboard box and he was doing the ball under the three cups thing okay and he was hustling people swindling people out of money right and uh this girl comes up and she was like that's so easy and she throws down all of her money just this big fucking wad of cash and her boyfriend was like oh you fucking shouldn't have done that (laughs) and she's like no i got it i got it i know it because he would get his plants out in the audience to come, out in the crowd to come in and fucking do it. Oh, you want a hundred bucks? Oh, hey, you know. Right. And then she comes in, fucking lost it all, dude. Oh, that's, lost that's it all. And then yeah. she starts, like, screaming right. and gets the, they had uh, cops on Clydesdales oh, yeah, out like there and shit. Those, and great, those gigantic horses. Yeah, right, right. so she, like, gets one of them to come over and this guy just fucking packs up his shit and he's gone. Oh, 
right, disappears right. into He's the just crowd. A transient, you know, hustler. Basically. Yeah, disappears yeah. into the crowd in a fucking second, man. And I was just, it was just, it was terrible, man. Some of that shit. And I, and then and also, I kind of realized that as you get older, you can't be front row. <laughs> Right. For everything, like right, right. I got up for Dave Matthews, and I was right front row, and I watched him do about five or six songs, and it was really cool because Dave come out, and you know it's just Dave under the spotlight, and then he, you know, then he lift the lights on, you know, Tim Reynolds is up there and shit mm -hmm. and everything, and then all of a sudden I see somebody up in front of me, like from seriously from me to the wall, mm -hmm. that far away because I was on the fucking rail, and um, there's somebody fucking around up there. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know, I want to bring a friend of mine out. And fucking Dave Matthews, I want to bring a friend of mine out right. here. And all of a sudden the light comes up right in front of me and there's Trey from Fish. Oh, standing so. right in front of me and all of a sudden yeah. he goes into bathtub gin or some shit like that. Yeah. And I just lost my shit. But then like four songs later all of a sudden, and I was just like, fuck. Yeah. I look behind me, there's 150,000 people behind me. That's craziness, isn't it? Just crazy. God, I had to shit so bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those, uh... I, yeah, I kind of gave up the the front row stuff. I can't even remember the last concert I went to, but I remember being at the Warp Tour one year, and it was like, I mean, all those bands that the Scare of the Dark kids were talking about, you know, like the, um, sorry, not really kids, but, you know, back in the day, you were... The younglings. Yeah, yeah, the young, young kids, yeah. So, like, I mean, there was all bad religion. Like, I saw, I, I would go from, you know, I could I could listen to all that, that older punk stuff, like bad religion and no effects and that stuff, and then I would go and listen to, like, Fish or Dave Matthews band, so I kind of like I, I just you know skip between genres of music a lot. But I remember being front row for Coheed and Cambrian, like All American Rejects and like Fall Out Boy were all there, and like I was my friend who was about your size, just a little taller and bigger. Thanks. Yeah, he could he could like he had to like rap. You know, he pretty much had me go up front. He's like, it'd be easier if you're there because then I can just pretty much like guard the guard everybody so i'm just like a little like oh yeah like i'm just rocking out i'm like i'm never doing that again after that last warp tour and i just I don't think i've gone to a concert for quite a while but yeah we haven't got i mean we used to go to some club shows in, in eau claire and stuff like that we haven't i went to the foo fighters uh not this last december yeah, december be before that yeah and you know dude i have a replaced knee mm -hmm. and if i don't have a seat 20 minutes on that concrete right you're my fucking knee is done dude yeah so yeah i'm just i'm not as i'm not as young and nimble as i used to be yeah but um yeah and it's just i don't know man like i really i maybe you can call it laziness but i don't like, I don't like going to movie theaters i like sitting on my couch and being able to pause it and go yeah. to the bathroom and i'm kind of like that too though i just don't like yeah i could i could hold out for like the next avengers movie to just be on my TV, but I'm actually pretty pumped about it, so I might make an effort to go see it. So. Well, my son wants to go to it for his birthday, oh, so, so now I, you're stuck. I you got to go. do it. Yeah, you gotta go now. But um, no, but and then like even like you know, I got a bunch of friends that live down in Missouri and stuff, and they go to the Dead and Company shows and stuff. Have you heard any Dead and Company? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, fuck stuff that you sent me. I remember when we were playing every once in a while. I would listen to that. Yeah, but um. You know, they're sitting there talking, oh, you got to go to a show, man. Oh, you got to go to a show. And it's like, wow, man, I'm just thinking about that. And it's like, I got to drive to the fucking cities. <laughs> and I got to spend X amount of dollars to go to this show and be crowded as fuck. Be hungry because right. I don't have any money for fucking, like, vendor food and shit. Right. 
where I can couch tour that shit here. Yeah. You know. Sounds better. You're not your eardrums aren't bleeding. You know. Yeah. I can pause it. I don't have to get a babysitter. You know, like I can come back to it later. I can go take a shit. You know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I can do whatever. I just, yeah, man. I'm just kind of, I'm in that old state where it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, I don't need to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of over it too. I, you know, I've seen like a few bands, like, you know, if they would come to like Sioux Falls, I might, might consider doing that. Cause sometimes you can get VIP tickets for fairly cheap and sit in the balcony or something. But yeah, I've kind of retired from that concert tour thing. I, uh, you know, I saw Tool once, Tool, and um, and they were in Sioux Falls actually. That was fucked. Up. So. so but the band that opened for them was a really heavy metal, like, we want to talk about, like, scream metal, they were called Meshuga. And they were insane, right? And so, like, we're in this, and we're all 17-year-old kids, and we're at this show in Sioux Falls, and, like, I mean, the crowd's going nuts. And there's, like, there's, like, dudes beating up each other right in front of us, and I'm looking at my, you know, we just, we just got in with chemistry the last three hours before that, and we're like... We shouldn't be here, right? Like we shouldn't be here <laughs> at this thing. But I mean, it was an amazing experience, and to see Tool, I mean, that's like that's kind of like it's amazing. What's so. your favorite concert you ever been to? Uh, uh you know, I got to Coheed and Cambria probably in between between Coheed and Cambria and Rush. You know, I mean, it's pretty close. I mean, there and uh, I saw um, I've been front row for for Coheed once, and so I was right up front there for that, but. Um, I don't think I would go again just because I'm just like what you said. Like, I'm just older. I'm like oh, I'm, I'm I've I've had my I've had my time. I've had a good life. You know, I'm just I'm just gonna sit back. See, but then there's the other part of me that's like when these kids are older and not like oh I want my kids out of the house or out of my life or anything, but like when the kids are to that age where I can be like we're leaving for four days. Right. Don't right. fucking burn the house down. The neighbors <laughs> are watching you. Right. You know, like that's that's what I'm looking forward to because she hasn't been to very many shows. No, yeah. And, I mean, I've seen three-fourths of fish in some respects, because I've mm -hmm. seen them all in different groups of things. I've seen... She she went to Mo with me uh, in Sioux Falls, and that was... Mo is, like, one of my favorite all-time bands, especially live bands, and I've seen them, like, seven or eight times or something. And that's one of those bands that it's, like, they're amazing musicians. They put on a great show, and their tickets cost 15 to 30 bucks. Yeah. You know, and if you're a Madonna fan... And you want to go to a Madonna show, and you want to be you want spend to spend ten thousand dollars. You want to be riding the fucking rail at a Madonna show. You're spending thirty five hundred dollars or yeah. some shit, you yeah. know. Yeah. But I was I almost thought about getting tickets to that Nick Mason show over. He was over in Minneapolis, and it was like at the time, like I, I'm just like getting a healthy savings account going now, and it's like oh I should have should have bought that ticket and went. But it was like the timing was bad, and like, and if I wanted to go, I wanted like the the best seats like I wanted to be sitting down you know not like standing up and so that was like 300 bucks I'm like oh I just can't do it can't do it so but maybe if he comes back around or something so yeah it's you know it takes a lot for me to <laughs> to put down that kind of money on tickets man. yeah I just can't I couldn't do it like, I, I just feel like and like I'm kind of like one of those people that like if it's money I'm thinking okay $300 that's like half the that's like the heating bell right there so like I'm I'm sacrificing like that, that heating bill or like that's you know two months worth of groceries or whatever you know I'm comparing it to that and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> I need to though. I, I I just need to go to a concert someday. Someday, dude, when someday. all of our kids are 
at an age where you, we can do those things, man, whether we're here or there or wherever, we'll still be on some sort of social media together, more than likely. Yeah. And I'll be like, hey, man. Maybe. I've been trying to get off this Facebook circuit for a while, so maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, you should at least keep Messenger. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, because that way people can at least get a hold of you and shit. But I, I completely understand getting rid of the Facebook. Like, yeah. I only... I enjoy it because that's kind of where I... I get updates on family and stuff like that, and then news as well. Right. You know, I have all the news sites that I like on there and shit, and it's just... I don't know, man. I like Facebook. Oh, and yeah. I like... I, I, I like watching people fucking tear each other's fucking throats out on that. Yeah. <laughs> fucking I'm, a, I'm kind of a hippie in nature. I just... I, I don't... Uh, I don't know. I, I think... I, I feel like Facebook is, is bad for... I don't go down there a lot, but, you know, I do enjoy looking at your stuff. There's some people that post some extremely funny stuff on there. Um, I'm really, you know, I'm not into a lot of new music, but I'm, I'm really interested in the new, and I'm not, like, trying, trying to advertise for them, but I am really interested in, like, genuinely interested in the, the, scared of the Scared of the Dark thing. Like, that is crazy, and to think that, you know, these are folks that I see when I'm in the community, and they're kids, and they're so fucking talented that's the first time i've swore on this i'm pretty sure by the way but, like, <laughs> i mean I, i've heard like little clips of that and i'm just like holy shit like that is amazing and, when and we, so yeah when we got done with the interview uh last week they let me see their whole music video they have a music video that they shot yeah and it was i mean not only was the music video good and it was just a good all-around music video but yeah, man, the the music itself and the girls' vocals and the backing vocals and everything—it all just sounds like something. Somebody, who, I mean, I'm sorry, but like somebody who should be opening for Avril Lavigne or something like that, you know? Right, or even better than that. I, I mean, like, yeah, better yeah, than that. Yeah. But I'm just saying. I think like, of like Evan Ev Evanescence, for instance. You know, like I mean, that's—I don't know, like Taylor, Chris, you guys. Holy shit! Like I was when I heard that. I mean, I was like. I was blown away. I was really was, and I was like, "These are kids that are running around Redfield right now," and I'm like, "And they're actually like, they're doing something great here." And so, I mean, I was, I was beyond my mind was beyond blown that that was like the sound that I was hearing come out of those out of that computer. So yeah. I really, I really, really dig their stuff, and I really hope that I mean, I really hope you guys get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know, I really yeah. hope that you guys take yeah. this shit somewhere else because. You're not going to go anywhere around here, except for unless you go somewhere, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, well, I have a lot of faith in them. I mean, I, yeah. I just, like, I just by, you know, hearing that, and, you know, I remember way back when, when Chris was a kid, a little kid, and I was working with his dad and mom at the developmental center and stuff, and they had talked about, you know, drum, you know, like, would you ever consider, like, drum lessons for Chris? And I'm like, you know, rather than spending money, just have Chris listen to, like, so you can go on YouTube now, and that, that YouTube is just starting, and you can listen to any song and just play drums to it yep. he'll be he'll be fine he'll learn just as much and he'll spend zero money and then i hear him do this all this like awesome like double bass stuff on that recording i'm like yes like yeah right like maybe my influence <laughs> is in there a little bit like i yeah like that's awesome yeah so, man yeah. yeah and i and i i could say like if they go far yeah. i could say that i got some of those guys their first gig yeah. Terror We Fall and shit like that. Yeah. And so, you know, they were just fucking babies, man. Yeah. But yeah, Ashley used to babysit Chris yeah. back yeah. in the day, you know. Yeah. Shit. 
So, yeah. So when we're 80 years old and they're playing at, like, you know, these big venues, maybe they'll, like, let us sit in the VIP section or something. Oh, I already told them, well, you guys, <laughs> you guys go anywhere. You better take me with you. I'll be a guitar tech. You know, I'll be I'll, whatever yeah. you want, man. I'll be your roadie. Yeah. You know, just take me with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Derek Keeling. I said, if you go somewhere, man, you better take me with you, and, I, and vice versa. I'll if Silver Screen took off like Wheel of Fortune or some shit like that, I'm gonna have Kyrie and Derek behind me writing every fucking episode with me. Yeah. So yeah. it's a uh, you know it's crazy because there's, there's so much like, there's so much talent around just here, and I mean I just think of like just all the people I know in general, and it's like there's so much so much going on there, but then. There's also it's it's kind of defeating for me anyway as a, as a drummer, you know I you can go onto Instagram and there's seventy thousand people that also play drums and it's like yeah they can do some sweet shit too so like you're not really that great so you know here I am in a couple bar bands which is fine I love doing it I love doing all music and it's it's fun but um, yeah scare the dark they they're gonna go somewhere I'm so if sure. you could be in a band that went somewhere right. What kind of band would you want it to be? Um, I think it would be like a lot of like, well, and I don't know that's like super popular stuff, but a lot of that like Coheed and Cambria. I don't know if you ever heard any of that. I've stuff. heard of them. I don't think yeah. I've ever really delved into yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, it's a little progressive, a little more straightforward than like the Rush days was, but um, yeah, it'd be something like that, I think. But I mean, really, I think I could probably play for like anybody and it wouldn't really matter because I, I just love playing music like even songs that I would hate to listen to on the radio I don't really mind playing them if I'm playing them in front of a crowd or something so it just depends I mean but yeah ultimately it would be like a rock type thing or like something that's like super trippy like Grateful Dead old school Pink Floyd like that really like cool jam stuff I could yeah. do too Dude, some of the fun, some of the funnest songs are the ones that like suck the most. Like, <laughs> right. like, like one of the coolest like riffs that I that and and it's a riff that when I learned it, it took me a lot a lot of places on the guitar. Was Pat Benatar hit me with your best shot? Oh, like after that man, I could play a lot of Sabbath. <laughs> like right. Pat Benatar led me to Sabbath. You know, right. like it, yeah, yeah. I, I love playing some. Yeah, we do. Um, and the one I play with a band out of Gettysburg, and we do, we do um, Paranoid. And I love playing that song. Oh, I just, Paranoid. I just, yeah, I really like make sure it's, yeah, it's, I love it, love it. So I love Paranoid. That's yeah. that I can do. I mean, most Sabbath stuff isn't that hard. It really isn't. But no. like, yeah, Paranoid, Sweet Leaf, N.I.B., Children of the Grave. Like, it's all just power chords, man, and they're just funner than shit to play. Mm -hmm. And then if you can. And then, you know, you go from the power chords and you can put a little fill in there. You know, fucking same with you, you know. I get down the general beat and then all of a sudden I can, you know, just kind of. Yeah, and it was it's easy enough to work work off of, you know, like the standard beat is just, but I can do. Yeah, it's fun stuff like that, so. Yeah, when I first started out, the first song I ever learned was Sweet Home Alabama on the bass. Yeah. And it's literally like the whole fucking song, but then I'd I'd spice it up. I go like I threw in a couple of those notes. Yeah, like look at that! I just crushed it. I just crushed that bass line. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Tim, honestly, man, we should probably get going here. Was it like an hour already? It's been over an hour now. Yeah. 
awesome. That's. I'd love to have you back on though, man. Like yeah, you know, yeah. sometime we'll have to drink a little bit earlier before the show. Right. Right. Because now I'm just starting to get loose, but it's like it's almost eleven. <laughs> oh, is it really? Just yeah, it's almost yeah. eleven. I gotta get my brother-in-law from work. Oh yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> but no, Tim. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, it'd be cool to do this again. Just even. I was not. I was super nervous before I came on. So I'm. I, but I'm not. It was just like a chat. So yeah, man. Cool. That's all it is. Like yeah, I said. Yeah. And honestly, dude, <laughs> John Roden wants to be on the show. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> have yeah. you guys both in here talking? I, I don't know. I don't think I. Would, I don't think I'd have much to say because it's like. Uh, yeah, it'd be fun. John Roden is. I think he holds the the current record for the most days in Facebook jail. Oh, ever like, like worldwide record. Seriously, sure. man. He is. T Facebook's top ten most wanted list. Yeah, yeah. It was always uh, it was always fun to play with John though. He's he's fun to play with. So like, yeah. I just I always think it's trippy when I play with my dad's old bandmates. Yeah. Like for real, because these are guys that I grew up looking up to, literally. Yeah. You know, looking up to him and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden, here I am jamming next to John Roden, and we're both smoking a cigarette. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> it's just like I don't know, man. You know what's kind of cool, and I know, I know you're trying to cut. cut oh no. Off, no. But like you know, like you think of local, and you're talking Aberdeen specific music scene. When you when we talk about anything around this area, it's pretty much based out of Aberdeen for the most part, right? right? So like, I was thinking about the documentary that you did on the, on just like that, that group of guys that would all get together and do the you know do the musicians music stuff, right? Right, and I and I was and like kind of where I'm at, I was thinking that I'm kind of in the second the generation after that, and even though I'm the young one, right? So now I'm in that generation where you've got all these folks that were, you know, grew up on the on the hair metal type stuff, and that generation is starting to fade out. And so I'm thinking, you know, like, you know, I look at the guys that I play with, and I'm like, you know, they're talking about stuff that was happening in the 80s. And then I was thinking back to, like, John Roden and those guys, and I was thinking, like, that's 70s. So, like, am I going to hit, like, all three generations? Like, like it's kind of crazy. But, I mean, it is, it's sad because I feel like, we're kind of under threat from DJs and you know karaoke, yep. you know whatever that they even call that. Like they just show up with a speaker and like let's do karaoke, which yeah, I mean fine, it's cool, but I mean those are that's taking the place of cover bands that were. Well, you know, I mean, their asses look off. at the music industry, man. Fender and Gibson are having really bad troubles and shit because right. kids aren't buying musical instruments like they used to, and um, like like you said, you know. Hey, you know, I I think that I'm a pretty good guitar player, but I can go online and I can find a 12 year old that can shred out Eddie Van Halen's Eruption. Right. Make me feel like a dick. Yeah, so like I'm and a done. bad parent at the <laughs> yeah. same time. Like I'm a dick and a bad parent because right. my kid, all he can right. do is, you know, make a dying pig waterfall in Minecraft. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, oh, I just suck overall. But yeah, it's like those. those yeah. Yeah. Basically. I just I feel like there's. I mean. That's why I like doing stand-up stand comedy so much is because I feel like I can stand out in a certain way, whereas, mm -hmm. God, it takes a lot to stand out musically these days. Huge, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. You would you would have, yeah. I mean, it's either you either have to be with a group of people that all stand out as a group, or you have to be incredible. I mean, you have a better chance of being in a band that's, that's more unique than you would be by yourself being unique. Because, like, yeah, I've... I mean, I follow all the Instagram posts to kind of get ideas for different drumming patterns and stuff, and it's like, this 13-year-old kid just shredded that better than any person I've seen that's played drums for 60 years. And, I mean, yeah, it's, it's incredible. So, 
But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of worried about the music industry, you know, going forward. I think that, you know, just seeing, you know, just thinking about that generation, John Roden and those guys in the 70s and playing all that music. The guys that I'm playing with now that are, you know, that were doing the 80s music, which, you know, I mean, you can give or take what you think about that music. And of course, it's going to differ from generation to generation. And it's like, okay, so now I'm coming up on like, like how long, how long do they want to do this? And how long is that music really going to be? How long is that generation want to go, going to go to the bar scenes and listen to the 80, 80s music anymore? Probably not much longer. And then you're going to want to start, and I feel like we might either see some of that 90s stuff come around, like, oh, you know, Nirvana, you know, Gin Blossoms, maybe some of that stuff will show up. Then what? Like, we can't, I can't recreate, like, hip-hop of the 2000s, <laughs> you know, like, I can't, I can't do that, so. Well, it's like when I was talking to the Scared of the Dark guys, sorry guys, but, like, these are kids that are into rock and roll. I mean, there right. might be a certain kind of rock and roll, but it's rock and roll, and they've never heard The Wall. Yeah. They've never heard Dark Side of the Moon. Hell, before that night, they never even heard of Spinal Tap. Oh. And yeah. I, I lent them Spinal Tap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least for the comedic aspect. Ex well, yeah, and, and yeah. Spinal Tap has things for every band. Getting lost behind stage yes. and shit. Having the yeah. girl in the band that... Not Taylor... But having like the the girlfriend that you know the Yoko Ono of the band. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I mean, I just think that it's all there's just everything is so oversaturated that yeah. it's just it's hard to like we said stand out, and as well as just it's hard to feel like you have a place in that industry at all or could have right. a place in that industry at all. Right. I feel like you'd do pretty good, you know, especially now, like doing if you were to do. If I were to go do like Mumford and Sons covers or like um, the Lumineers, like that type of stuff, which I, I like, I really like that stuff too. So I mean, I, I listen to just about everything, um, excluding like death metal. That's terrible. But I mean, like, oh, I really like the, come on, uh, some of it's okay. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's fine. <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, that that stuff, I think you, know, you could probably get away with but i'm kind of worried about the future of cover bands honestly because i mean that was kind of a fun scene you know whether it was 70s 60s 70s 80s i used to play with gordy zenz who's like oh yeah you know he's a legendary guitar player in aberdeen that guy has learned and forgotten more licks than <laughs> than the whole town of aberdeen guitar players yes yeah yeah he would talk about you know back in the in the 60s and 70s he could make a living off of being just a cover guitar player that's all he would do he would go out because places would have bands every night of the week i was like every night of the week are you shitting me and like he's like no he's like i made a living it's all i had to do is go i'd go to webster one night sioux falls another night here another night he's like i took home a good paycheck just from doing that and i'm like yep. you're lucky to get a gig a month maybe as a any sort of cover oh yeah my dad used to go out every weekend it's every crazy. weekend he would go and do one or two shows you know yeah we were going to Ordway with him and shit like that. Yeah, and yeah man, it was crazy. But hey, to so be better cut us no, off. Yeah. to be continued, man. To be I'll, continued. I'll have you yeah. back on. I'll have a couple more guests, but and then I'll have you back on, man. Because yeah. yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this, and now that you know what <laughs> yeah. it's all about, you're not so nervous. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I, mean, I could sit if it's if I'm hanging out with John Roden, I'd be cool with that too. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. You're just I would to totally me. have you on the John Roden show. <laughs> yeah, I can just sit as like the creepy spectator that like. It's over here or something. It's over there and just kind of, eh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's right, buddy. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. 
All well, right. Tim, thank you. Yep. Thanks Good very night. much for coming on. Dakota Podcasting Experience. Uh, this is Tim Reinbold, just an old buddy of mine, not schlepping anything, just hanging out, talking. Uh, hit us up, hit me up on uh, Twitter and Facebook at Dakota Podcast. And uh, email us at dakotapodcasting at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at TonyTubesZur. Thank you guys very much for watching this episode of the Dakota Podcasting Experience. And we're going to have to get Tim back here because I, I, I could go another hour. So thank you again, Tim. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.